everybody. Welcome to episode two of Cast Matters, our podcast that we're focusing on what client accounting and advisory services is and how it can impact you and your business. Today, I'm very excited to have Ashley Sutter. Ashley is with Intuit, uh, a technology partner of our firm. And uh, we're going to talk a lot about uh, the key issues that are facing small and mid-sized businesses. So we hope that you'll identify some of these issues and we'll also be able to talk about how you might look at solving these issues. So welcome, Ashley. Thank you. I'm honored to be here for one of your first episodes. Excellent. Excellent. So why don't you give the audience a little background of yourself and and, uh, and then what you do at Intuit. Thank you. Um, prior to joining into it, I led the outsourced accounting practice for a top 40 firm. I actually started my career doing audit and tax um, for internationally owned subsidiaries. And then when I came to um, Elliott Davis, I started an audit, but then ultimately uh, ended my time there in our CAS practice, uh, basically taking six offices and turning them into a one firm uh, service line. It was really exciting. And then um, I basically took the leap of faith to to join the other side, the tech partner side, and joined into it. I joined as a firm industry liaison, which basically meant I joined firm calls to add validity to what they were trying to accomplish, what you know each leader is trying to do with their firms and scaling and growing. And quickly became um, I was quickly was promoted to director of the sales channel for large firms. And then back in February, I was put in charge of all of accountants accounting firm sales. So I now have a team of about 100, and we're working to partner with firms and be true advisors to them, just like your leaders are trying to do with your customers. Um, we're working to upskill ourselves to also be that type of advisor to a firm leader as well. So it's really been a fun journey. Absolutely. That that does sound uh, sounds like quite the journey. And um, so from Intuit's perspective, I think most people are familiar with Intuit, but there's a lot that may not know Intuit the name. Uh, but I know uh, we're big clients of yours, um, especially on your core product, which we think of as QuickBooks Online. But I, so we're going to talk a lot about uh, uh, about that because that's kind of what impacts us the most. But what else does Intuit do for for their clients and for us as firms? Yeah, our goal at Intuit is to be the single source of truth for customers with the ultimate vision of powering prosperity around the world. And so when you think about what does that mean? It's it's no longer just the core accounting products, right? So we have the core QuickBooks Online, which you mentioned. Uh, we also have a payroll workforce solution option. And we have payments where customers can be processing their own payments, um, you know, payment merchant services type thing. But we also have been leaning into capital and checking and banking, um, as well as MailChimp. So if you're a, a company trying to grow your marketing, we acquired MailChimp. And then obviously we have some ancillary um, ancillary companies like TurboTax and Credit Karma. Um, but when you think about the small business, MailChimp, QuickBooks Online, and our workforce solutions, as well as payments, are really where we start to kind of be that single source of truth for customers. And so it's, it's an exciting time, especially when you think about the target audience that we work with. Absolutely. Well, I learned something new every day. I didn't know Credit Karma was an into a company. I, I knew all the others, but that's uh, that's a new one to me. I use that one to monitor my credit. So there you go. Um, so um, you and I were on a panel uh, a month or so ago uh, at a conference, and 
Um, I was impressed that you guys have done a lot of research in the small and mid-sized business areas, and and that was that was the topic of the panel. And so I thought it'd be interesting to take that same topic and and bring it to this podcast because uh, we really focused on just you know kind of three core issues of of how do small and mid-sized businesses operate in this complex and fast-moving world. So. I know that one was capital, one was advisory, you know, what should you be asking your advisor? And then, um, um, and then how do you get your employees to, you know, stay in touch with good processes and technology? So let's start with the first one. Um, so capital is always front and center of business owners' mind. So how does a CASP um, practice, um, what, what should the clients be looking for when they're talking to their CASP provider? Um, and what are you guys seeing out there in terms of what is your research saying? And then how does that translate to solutions that clients should be looking for? Yeah, so we believe that one of the top challenges facing companies is the access to capital. And so what we've seen is that 70% of businesses report that they need funding to grow. And we've also seen that, according to U.S. Bank, 82% of businesses that fail, fail as a result of cash flow. Um, so as I was thinking about our time together today, your question was, what should we be asking our CAS provider? I think we got to take it a step back. If you don't have a CAS provider to even be talking to, we've got to step back and get one. Because if you look at um, what you need in order to get capital, financial statements, an understanding of your business and the upcoming growth or the past performance, a CAS partner can really drive that conversation. I think back to when we did um, uh, PPP lending and also like ERC credits, right? With COVID, mm -hmm. the customers that had financial statements got funding faster. So having a partner like a CAS partner who can walk you through that journey is going to open more doors to capital, but also allow you to get it faster to drive your business. So I think it's at first and foremost, do you have a cash partner? But then yeah. secondly, starting to ask yourself, are we set up for success? Do we have what we need to grow? And if we don't, what are my options? And starting to step back, because it doesn't always have to be the big banks anymore. Um, a lot of the customers, for example, in our space, uh, we're sure that 60% of our customers said they didn't qualify for lending at traditional banks, but they qualified oh, wow. through Intuit Capital. So it's starting to ask the questions of what do we need to do differently that we haven't done before? Right. No, that's uh, that's absolutely right. And I'm glad you kind of started it back at the beginning because we, we certainly come across clients where all of a sudden they have an urgent need for capital or to report to a bank or they're going through a PE transaction or something and they have no historical records of, mm -hmm. of any substance. Um, and so they engage us and, and, um, and, and certainly we can do that, but it puts a lot of pressure uh, on mm -hmm. the client to meet to time needs that puts a lot of pressure on us to meet those timing mm -hmm. needs um, and it's not always the most cost effective way to to meet your uh, needs for uh for getting financials because if you're asking us to do it in a very short period of time then you know then that that lends to maybe being a little more you know pricey because of the mm -hmm. amount of people we have to throw at it to meet your deadline so you're right if we can begin those conversations a lot sooner you know be prepared uh makes makes a lot of sense well, not to mention, you might miss an opportunity you don't even know about because Correct. you're not ready. Where That's if right. you have your CAS partner, you are ready for anything 
Um, and you, it's kind of like when you aren't looking for a car and the perfect one comes along. If you've already saved up the money, you get to make a decision then and there. But if you are scrambling to get something lined up, you might miss you might miss the opportunity. Absolutely, I've I've talked to a number of investment bankers, um, and uh, more and more there they get to the opinion of engage us, you know, a couple of years before you're ready, mm-hmm. so that we can give you insights into what it needs, what it means to be ready, uh, and that's that's what that's what accounting firms can do as part of CAS too. Is is you know if you're thinking about needing capital, if you're thinking about you know getting getting funding from PE then, you know, think, you know, let's look a couple, a uh, couple of years ahead and, and get you prepared for that. So you're ready when the, like you said, when the opportunity arises. Exactly. So, so we talked about, um, you know, stepping back to look at CAS um, and, uh, and, and we said, you got to find your CAS provider. Um, so obviously, obviously we're, we're biased. We think that's a critical uh, factor of success for our clients. Um, do you have any guidance in terms of, from your perspective, if it was you, you've been on our side of the table, you've been on the technology side of the table, what advice would you give to, to clients as they search out a CAS provider? Trying to think of what's most important. One is, I, I think, really having a real relationship. So if you're looking for a CAS provider that you need them just to get the financial statements done to get the tax return, that is a completely different product price different. There is a need and a space for that. But if you are wanting to have a true relationship that's going to drive growth for you, um, or not even necessarily growth, but to meet your goals, right? Like maybe you're just trying to sustain your business and you're looking to sell in five or 10 years. Um, that, That relationship must be grounded in trust. And identifying who that person is will be critically important to your success. And so I think that'd be the first thing I look for is the relationship. The second thing, which I know just from working with your firm is something that you guys are excellent with, is having a bench. A lot of times a customer is going, they might be um, intrigued to go to someone who is a boutique or a non-CPA or um, a number of different characteristics, but they may not have the bench strength necessary to serve the needs of your company. So stepping back and understanding, like, what do you hope to accomplish and identifying a partner that has the skill set, maybe not in the person that is your account manager, but at their firm is valuable for you to not have to go connect all these dots. Um, I kind of think of it like a general contractor, right? Like your relationship manager at your firm can connect you to all the resources. They don't have to be all the resources. And so those would be a couple of key things. There's just the accessibility to resources and then secondarily the, the relationship and building it on trust. So um, in, in the first episode, uh, we introduced the concept of CAS 2.0 or Insights mm-hmm. CAS, which uh, kind of gets to what we're talking about. So the, the CAS 1.0 model, uh, forgive me for using that term, but uh, um, was more, uh, almost more historical uh, financial mm-hmm. CAS. So it was getting the, re- it was getting your information after the month and close. Um, and sometimes, obviously, that would be too late to making decisions and 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 having transparency in your book so you can adjust in in this fast growing, fast changing world. Um, and so, from our standpoint, to look for an advisor that has the capacity to not only get your financial statements ready that that's kind of the to me that's kind of the 
the, the, the ticket to the dance, right? Everybody mm -hmm. has to have that. But mm -hmm. looking for someone who can then provide that advisory type service and give you insights into your business so that you can make these decisions quicker. Absolutely. And I think if you're, you know, the industry as a whole is in an evolution. Like you talked about, we're transitioning to CAS 2.0. Many of us grew up in the environment of let's just look in the rearview mirror. And that's, we've checked the box of service. And now we're trying to shift to that future windshield view, right? We're trying to look out and project. And so I think there's an element of finding the partner that's willing to push there, even when maybe it's, it's uncomfortable because it's new. And that's going to be critically important because again, it keeps you ready for opportunities versus resting on your laurels and not knowing, okay, I don't even know what position I'm at to make some big strategic plays. Um, so I think that you've, you've nailed it on the head. It's, and many people are looking more for those future forward KPIs versus, well, what's my P&L telling me? And so how are you structuring your CAS practice so that you can be that type of a provider to, to these customers? That's right. And, and I think the other thing we can do, if you don't mind me saying this, is we use, uh, we have great relationships with our technology partners. Mm -hmm. And so we are always pushing our technology partners to provide us the tools that we can deliver this. So we, as as our clients, trusted advisor, know that that we're working with the technology partners to, to, to make the solutions more accessible, uh, more uh, um, uh informational, you know, those type of things so that we can, uh, we can help them do their, their business better. Um, so the, the, the last thing I wanted to touch base on was, um, you know, we all talk about the employee shortage um, and the and hard heart is to, to find good folks, whether it's accounting or whatever it might be these days. Um, and um, one of the, one of the areas that, um, that we talk about is, you know, you know, employees don't like to work in inefficient processes and out-of-date technology. So um, um, how how do you see like a CAS uh, provider uh, helping with client with client employee retention, mm -hmm. um, which is something we don't always uh, think and talk about? Yeah, so if I think back to when we were prepping for that session, we kept falling in this camp of, are we talking about the employee or are we talking about our employees at firms? And that just shows you how intertwined technology impacts our people. And so one of the key issues that we believe face small business is getting the work done. And many times the CAS provider steps in and helps with that, but it's critically important for the firm to proactively communicate to that customer, what technology do they need on their site to be successful? It's one thing as a firm to have our technology coordinated and making our employee lives easier but also for the employees that are customers. You've hit it on the head that, you know, it's not just accounting facing the challenge, the talent shortage. It's also our customers and how are they dealing with that? So one of the ways that, that we believe CAS practices can help with that is stepping in and beyond the financials and looking to see what are they using across their entire programmatic approach to business and how can we advise them? You know, we've, we've got some statistics that say 38% of millennials feel that outdated collaboration processes damage their company's brand. So where can the CAS leader come in and say, hey, we recommend you do X, Y, Z, and it's going to not only improve your business outcomes, but your employees are going to want to be here. Um, kind of as a fun aside, I don't know, you know, as I was starting my career, I would sit and shadow people, right? Like that's a big part of our jobs at the firm. 
And I would, you know, find myself like getting antsy when someone wasn't using the shortcuts in Excel or whatever. Even, even last week, I taught someone control B to bold something in Excel. That's going to only like, that's only going to get worse, right? As someone's looking over my shoulder and going, why isn't she more tech forward? Why isn't she doing this better, more efficiently? I don't want to work with someone who's not willing to embrace and grow. And so we not only have to do that at our firms, but we also have to be willing to have those hard conversations with a business owner who might have done something the same way for 20 years to say, hey, you are doing the right business, but we need to do business differently and be willing to have that conversation and then hold their hand through it, right? Because change is hard. Technology change is hard. And it's, it's successful when done right. And that's where you, you and your teams are the expert at implementation and can help drive that success. So I think that that's one of the biggest things that goes with me is really just recognizing that the younger generation doesn't want to tolerate inefficiencies. They want to work harder or work smarter, not harder. And we are the ones who can step in as the experts to say, here's how to do it. And It'll improve their employee efficiency and engagement. And that's not even the top thought, right? Like we're focused on the profits or the growth, but it's going to have a dual benefit. Absolutely. No, you're, you're exactly right and, and well said. So I think we're running up against the, the time. So um, it's been a great conversation. I'm sure we could continue this for another couple hours if we wanted to, but um, because there's a lot to unpack here. But, um, you know, Ashley, I really appreciate you, appreciate you coming on and, um Anything, any last words of wisdom you have, or have you gotten it all out? I think it, <laughs> so one, I will never have it all out because I'm always learning <laughs> just like the rest of you. Um, I, I think my last piece of wisdom, and this is where we went when we prepared for, you know, our panel was just focusing on people process technology, um, really having a gut check on where you personally are at, whether you are an employee inside of a firm, or whether you are a leader driving strategic initiatives, is just asking yourself, where am I at from a people process technology standpoint, and how can I drive incremental change? Um, because if each person is driving incremental change, it becomes transformational. Absolutely. So I'm excited to see and, and grateful for the partnership with you and your firm, and looking forward to seeing what we can do together in the future. Well, we certainly are extremely grateful for the partnership we have with Intuit and you specifically, and um, we certainly are big users of the product. So um, I know our clients are happy um, and um, and we're certainly happy. So thanks again for joining us. Um, so this wraps up the second episode of um, uh, Cast Matters and um, we hope you enjoyed this. And until next time, I hope you have a great day. Oh.